Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offsted, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk about Geno Smith. and uh, <laughs> Contract situation. Few, yeah, the last few shows, we've kind of set this up. We've gone through uh, all the position groups on the roster to kind of know where we're at. We've taken a look at the overall cap space that the Seahawks have. We've established that that currently is sitting at $31 million and change. Uh, but the effective cap space comes down from there uh, when we have to tender uh, certain players and then allocate uh, for the uh, the NFL draft in April. Lots of things in between where they can massage contracts, cut players, restructure, et cetera. So this is all kind of moving, if mm-hmm. you will. But the Geno uh, Smith contract equation in this is probably the most important piece to figure out where everything else fits in the off season. And uh, if you want to kind of just set this thing up, the parameters of the discussion, if you will, that would be great. Yeah. Because you and I are, ha- have kind of been taking a different look at this from the kind of, from the beginning is you uh, seem to be looking at this as a, um, whoever is going to Gino is going to play for next year is going to be getting a top tier quarterback because he played like a top 10 quarterback this year. And that's my position for the show, but that's not necessarily (laughs) how I feel as a, as a, as a person. No, but you do feel that that somebody's going to pay him, right? Mm, Yes. And no. Okay. Yeah. But for the sake of this show, I want to take the, the high end of what he could possibly fetch in the market, whether that's with the Seahawks or with another team. Okay. So, um, anyways, as you were saying with the, with the cap, the CX of 31 million now, if they franchise tag Geno Smith, that costs uh, about 32 million, which means they would use up all their cap space plus a million dollars of wiggle room that they've already got and only have 40 some players on the roster. They still need all of their draft picks to sign and fill the rest of the 90 man roster. Um, it is not something that they're in position right now to go out and do. And yeah. it makes life challenging for them uh, to be in this position because what you've got is you've got Geno Smith who had a good year, was a top 10 quarterback this year, kind of unexpectedly, to be honest. And by kind of, I mean, extremely unexpectedly. And then, but now he's, now he's a free agent and his backup. Drew Locke is a free agent. The Seahawks have no quarterbacks um, under contract for this year. So uh, they've got to figure this out. Yeah, I think, you know, the parameters of this discussion are how well did Gino play? What is his value? Uh, can he win a Super Bowl for you? What his What is his age window uh, given the contract? Does that align with where Pete's at and the rest of the roster, et cetera? There's a lot of moving parts again in there, but 
the key thing is, can you win a Super Bowl with Geno? And what is it going to cost to to have Geno back on the roster? And there's a couple different scenarios, I think, for me, where the team kind of decides what they want to do. Uh, I think optimally, uh, the team would move in the direction that you'll you'll probably spend the majority of the show talking about, which is allow Geno maybe to explore the market or at least establish what the market is before the franchise tag day is established or or the end of the franchise um, uh, ability to franchise a player is because you want to know kind of where where you're going to negotiate from. I think they're probably having loose conversations now. I think the Seahawks probably said this is where we want to come in. Gino's camp says this is probably where we want to be. Now they need to hear from, you know, around the league, kind of what's going on, who might be in play, who needs quarterback, et cetera, to establish that market. If there is no market, that favors Seattle, obviously. I think Gino would come back on a reasonable deal, either a one-year deal, uh, mostly guaranteed, or a two- or three-year deal where first-year cap hit is really low and it, and it, it goes up substantially in year two, year three, but that's when the cap also is, is going up. They have a lot more room uh, for contracts in, in those years. So on the high end, the worst possible case scenario for me, I'm going to argue this case, but I'm not in favor of it because I don't, it would be a disaster for the franchise. Uh, but the, the best case scenario for Gino is that there is a market out there. Uh, there's two or three other teams competing for his services. Uh, the franchise tag value right now is at about $32 million. Um, that's kind of their starting point for negotiations um, because if it's not Seattle, it's going to be somebody else. And so that puts Seattle kind of in a, in a conundrum. If you use the franchise tag, that's fully guaranteed. That's $32 million. That ruins your cap ability and flexibility this year, especially if you can't reach a longer-term agreement with him to lower that 2023 cap hit. And I just don't feel like they're going to go down that road, but you never know what's going on, uh, you know, in the NFL front office uh, with John Schneider and company. I don't think it would be wise to do that, but it's a possibility. That's why we're going to talk about it on the show. Financially, it would be extremely difficult for Seattle to franchise him and make other moves to build the roster. Uh, if they can reach an agreement with Gino and get his cap hit, you know, around $10 million, maybe 12, I think you'll probably have this discussion. Uh, you can maneuver the cap around, cut some players, restructure in order to be able to have Gino still make a draft pick, possibly a quarterback, as well as sign some free agents to still make your roster better in 2023. So that's basically the parameter of this thing. Yeah. So I think where where we should start this is because one of the things that you and I um, seem to be on different sides of is what will there be a market for Geno Smith? And you seem to think that there is, and I'm on the side that I I don't think outside of Seattle, I don't think there will be. Yeah. Honestly, I can't really completely answer that truthfully, but for the sake of this argument, yes, I, (laughs) <laughs> I think that there will be an, a, 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 um, a market out there. I don't know how big it will be, but I think there's three or four teams out there that are pretty desperate for quarterbacks, two of which are going to be covered in the draft if they want to take a young, unproven guy. And then there's three or four other guy, uh, teams that are outside the top 10 or, or outside that first 
three or four or five picks that may want to try to move into that if they don't feel that they can be successful in acquiring a lower pick to grab one of these premier quarterbacks they may be in the market to go out and find a free agent quarterback there's not that many available out there and Gino's one of the well, top gonna be, two quarterbacks gonna on the market quarter, right now there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks who are available um the this offseason just as oddly there was last season when we saw russell wilson move and uh you know matt ryan and some other guys you're going to see Derek carr move in this offseason mm-hmm. um brett Favre's talking about you know redoing his contract to help it you know be traded and who did you just uh, say i just said brett Favre, and i meant aaron Rodgers. oh my the Packers. gosh that is going I'm, way back machine right now I'm old. You can tell. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's going to be um, Jimmy sure. Garoppolo is guaranteed to hit the market because they can't franchise him or anything. Yeah. Trey Lance may be available for trade. Um, Baker Mayfield, Trady Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, et cetera. Yeah. Daniel Jones is another one. A young player had some good moments, had some iffy moments. Also doesn't play on a team with a lot of talent around him. Um, so we don't know as far as what people um, think of him, but you look at uh but i will say this hold on i will say this out of all those names baker you know some of those names are realistic some of them aren't uh those that are true free agents unrestricted free agents baker mayfield sam darnold jimmy garoppolo daniel jones and geno smith that's your list everything else is kind of a you know secondary market guys uh backups career backups in the league obviously uh Gina Carr Smith was that Carr before. and Rogers are not but the, you gotta trade you have to uh, yes but if you're training for a franchise quarterback if you have if the ability to go get a franchise franchise quarterback nobody cares about the trade to go get them you just well, go get them I mean them. that's a lot I mean you're talking to those guys those are premier guys and and there's the the value of that trade back to those teams is going to be substantial I'm just talking about guys that are going to be available where you don't have to invest also draft picks and capital to get get them yeah, and Gino think, and Gino's on top of that list is all I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Gino Smith. Which quarterback out of those three would you like to have running your team in 2023 if your team's sort of built and you're ready to win or at least bridge? Gino might be the guy. He he could be in play in those conversations. Here, okay. So now that under those parameters, which team? Who is? A quarterback away has the roster built. They're a quarterback away that's willing to pay Geno Smith, a guy who's been a career disaster until one year, and go out and have a GM put their career on the line by signing Geno Smith to a $37 million a year contract. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the I, question, isn't it? I mean, you got me, the Jets, his team. old team. You've got, uh, obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to move on. Um, they're looking possibly in the draft, but also may want to inquire about a, a, a veteran, Atlanta Falcons, uh, Carolina Panthers, et cetera. I mean, there yeah, are some of, teams but there. But none of those teams are ready to compete. I mean, the Jets, but he won't go back to the Jets. That was an, uh, That was not a good uh, We don't know what's going to happen with Tua. Um, he, he sounds like he's going to be cleared to play, but they may want another situation there that's that's steady and more dependable. Um, Chicago sure. might trade their quarterback, and then what do they do at the top of the draft? Do they go get a new one, or do they get a guy that can come in and play? Washington oh, they have, Commanders. They're either going. Chicago is either going to play Fields, or they're going to play, um, you know, Orleans, a rookie. Indianapolis. We've talked about that. Their their roster is not great, but it's not horrible if none they of these great teams roster, that you're talking uh, about are ready to compete where they're seattle ready seahawks, to spend the money seattle seahawks so there are teams the commanders are probably the only one and they have to find a way to get out from underneath the terrible carson wentz deal that they signed because they're going to have so much cap space tied up into that terrible contract that they probably can't afford to go out and spend another 30 million the thing is that you look at the, right. the market and then all the teams that you listed None of them are a quarterback away from being competitive. All of them are in rebuild mode. And so signing a 33-year-old quarterback to a 30-some million dollar contract makes no none of these teams are in that market. And and some of the reason why some of these teams are in this market is because they don't have great front offices and make uh mistakes. Now, uh and Geno Smith could be that mistake. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying those are the teams. Yes. All those teams have issues. Are they one player away? Probably not. And uh, sometimes those teams are with the largest cap space available as well and have money to, to spend um, and could potentially facilitate something like this. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a strong argument, Keith. I'm just saying that those are the teams that are going to be in play. Those are the teams that are in play in, at the, in the draft. Those would be the teams that, if they don't successfully do so anything in free agency, would be in the draft to try to maneuver. So, and it's it's uh, not it doesn't look like a strong market. It's a it's I agree a, with it's you. Not a good market for him because um, there are teams that need quarterbacks. It's a good draft for the quarterbacks, and the teams that need them are in position to draft one. Um, he's older. He. One, um, one half of year of proven success yeah, over average. He, he had one half of a great, fantastic, like phenomenal season. That being the first half of this last year, he had one half where he was good. And then he's got eight seasons of either being a backup and not playing or being terrible. Um, the track record isn't there. And so you, no team that's ready to for make that playoff push um, and get, you know, it needs a quarterback in a okay. that, in a Geno Smith. That's Completely my fair. my biggest thing. So I don't think I, there's a market. I, I agree with that. So is one good season or half a good season of Geno Smith worth it to the Seahawks to throw out whatever plan they had when they dealt Russell Wilson? Because that plan went out the window too when Geno started playing better. Um, and are they still on that, that track? I don't are, think the plan went out the window. Are they still on that track? 
to complete that vision with whatever vision they had prior to Geno Smith having a pretty decent year. Um, they were going to be probably heavily into this quarterback market, whether it was free agency or the draft in 2023, based on the way that they've handled their um, their salary cap and where they're at. It seems like they were counting on a rookie contract. Yeah, and Geno Smith having a fantastic year did not derail that plan because Denver unexpectedly had a terrible season. And so Seattle, with their draft picks, um, are sitting at the top, you know, near the top of the draft, too, with the fifth overall pick. Um, it was kind of expected that Seattle would be, you know, in there in the top five, and then uh, Denver would be down in the 20s. But, okay, those two teams are flipped. But it doesn't change the fact that the plan can still move forward uh, as far as where they are. So I think that when you look at all this, uh, there's not going to be a huge market for Gino. He, the $30 million a year, I think, is is absurd. Um, for him you look at uh, across the league and you start looking at contracts I don't know if it's absurd I think that's the wrong word I think that no I think it's a, I think it is I think it I think it would be absurd too if I'm a Seahawks guy but if I'm looking league-wide you got to look at the mid-market mid-tier market for quarterbacks out there Derek Carr 40 million dollar cap hit Dak Prescott 40 million Stafford 40 million Kirk Cousins 35 Jared Goff those these are mid-tier the upper These are guys, guys are that... making close to 50. This is the 15th ranked salary of, of quarterbacks right now is $32 million. Tom Brady, 25. Baker Mayfield, 15. Jameis Winston, 14. Marcus Mariota, yeah. 9.3. These dude, are all guys stop. in their those second are contract. All, those are all guys that Geno Smith outperformed. Oh, okay. Like by a wide margin I'm, and has am, predictors in his performance I am, that say I'm that that is duplicate. You can I'm duplicate Gino's performance um, um, so, wide, widely, you know? So I think that I'm, when you take a look at you, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill at 29.5, that's a good barometer right there, Ryan Tannehill. Let me give you the stats of two different players. Um, completion percentage, 61.3. Or 62.8. Touchdown percentage, 4.9 and 4.1. Interception percentage, 3.4, 3.0. Yards per pass attempt, 7.7 or 7.1. And completion or quarterback rating, 87.5 and 84.8. Which of those two players, first one or the second one, um, would you rather have on your team? Oh, and also I should say, the first player is three years younger than the other one. And 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 what are their salaries? Sorry, four years younger. No, that's not. I'm just saying, which of those two players would you rather they're, have? They're essentially equal. They're not. Um, player. The first player I listed is better in every single category, except for he threw a couple more inter- interceptions. Yeah. And by, he's four yeah. years. And he's four years younger. Yeah. That first player is Jameis Winston's career the second player is geno smith's year our career he's four years older and he's worse in every single category except for he's thrown a few fewer interceptions he's also taken more sacks and that's why you can't do this in a vacuum you can't just look at stats stats don't tell the whole entire story would you you rather have on your team geno smith or Jameis winston dude do you but how how would the 
if you're not a Seahawk fan, yeah, do you, you actually would, you think, still wouldn't want Jameis Winston on your team because he can't win? Still, he makes huge mistakes all the time. You have no desire to to have Geno Smith line up for under center for you. Well, if he had the if he had the season he had in the first half of the year, you could make an argument that he that he could. He he dashed hopes for a lot of Seahawks fans and myself in that second half where things really fell off and he became league average in almost every category, except for completion percentage. He was still yeah. Yeah, but even and and you can make the argument and I'll give you this. You can make the argument that he could have had seven or eight more interceptions. Because Easy. he had turnover-worthy plays that ended up not being turnovers because his, his turnover-worthy conversion rate usually in the NFL is about 80%. Geno Smith's conversion-worthy plays turned into turnovers only 37%. He literally yeah. beat the league average by 50% just by luck, basically. If by he were to make those plays all the time, yeah, hitting the defender it would have been even worse. Drop it. Right. Or, or a play call back by penalty, et cetera, which happened. Mm-hmm. Happened so a lot. I, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm right there with you on all that. But what I'm, what, what I'm trying to establish for our listeners and for us is his value. And I just think in, in today's market, contracts have gone up every year. You take a look at the, the guys I've, I've listed, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. You know, they keep paying him there in Minnesota. Uh, for for not winning or or being able to take him to a Super Bowl, I don't know why, but Gino's kind of in that bucket. Maybe you could say he's on the low end of that. That's fine. It still puts him at see, around thirty. I have a hard time putting him in that bucket because all of those guys signed those deals. Um, like Jared Goff, you know, you're looking at thirty three. He signed that right after taking his team to the Super Bowl. He was a young quarterback about to become a free agent, just had gone to the Super Bowl. And they signed him to this crazy deal. Also four that, years ago. That was what the market was. Um, it's gone up since then. Yeah. And his play doesn't, doesn't. Correct. I know. But stay. what I'm saying is for the market for Gino, I think is up higher than we might think it is because that's just the way it is. The market for Gino is going to be where, what, what is someone willing to pay him? What are the Seahawks willing to pay Gino? Keith? The last, the last quarterback with similar stats to him that signed a quarter signed a uh, contract would be Jameis Winston at $14 million a year. What, um, what do you, John Schneider came out. I think it was John that it came out and said, listen, we've, we've got a, you know, a bottom, a bottom line here where we're not going to exceed. What is that number? Do you think that for them, probably mm-hmm. 20, Okay. I was thinking that you might say 25 just because they don't have the cap room. They I can't feel they can't. Feel well, the they, they, they do because you can structure a contract where the first year cap hit is 10, but the, but the second year con, uh, cap hit third year cap, it is 35 or whatever. You know, you, you put bonus money in there, guaranteed money, et cetera. And maybe you lift up the guarantees and you lower the, the cap and in it. I'm just saying there is a scenario where you can still pay Gino average APY 25 and make it work in the cap and still build the roster, draft a quarterback bridge with Gino. The only, my only question, I guess my real question is we, we, uh, can you win a Super Bowl with, uh, Gino Smith? My answer is no. I think your answer is no as well. Can you bridge to a, 
uh, a rookie for 2024 with Geno Smith? My answer is yes. I think yours Absolutely. would be too. Absolutely. But, but you what, don't pay a bridge quarter the $30 number? million. Dollars. Yeah, I know. What's you, the you number? A, uh, you don't pay a bridge quarter $30 million. You pay a, play a bridge quarter 15. Um, and again, that's the market. Is that and a that one year deal? 15, 15 mil one year? That, or would, do you try to bridge I mean, that over a couple of years? A, lower it, would the a, it would be a two year deal with the contract structured in a way you can cut or trade them after one year. How and far off, uh, look in your crystal ball and be self, self-aware and say how far off you think that is going to be based on what it ends up being. Oh, I think that's, uh, I think 20 million. That's why I said that is. You said um, 15. I, 15 is what I would pay a bridge quarterback. That's what a bridge quarterback is worth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what his career stats, his career stats actually aren't worth that. But um, with the yeah, idea true, that, true. that that he played half a season of much better than his career stats. And so there's some thought there that, that it's going to be good. Like there's um, 20 million is kind of the max. 15 is what you pay that was what you pay that quarterback though. And the only reason why you don't pay him or th- that you don't pay him 15 and have to go to 20 is if there's a market for his services. Or you let him walk. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing is, is there a market for his services for, uh, on other teams? And I think that's what we went through. Other than the Washington commanders, there's no team with a roster ready to win. And do they make the same mistake they just made? With Carson Wentz, where they went and traded for a guy who had one really good year and otherwise was pretty mediocre and then realized that the one good year was the fluke, not the, um, you know, not the thing that they just made that mistake and they don't have the cap space to do anything because they're stuck with their mistake. Yeah. Um, so Indianapolis is stuck. I mean, they've got their, you know, Matt Ryan is there. Um, he's, he's probably not going to be back, but they're stuck with his dead cap space. Um, Okay, so let's say for argument's sake now we've settled in on your plan because I, to be completely honest, I, I was never completely in on my plan. I just wanted to present that side. My, I think, I think, uh, unfortunately, I believe that the Seahawks value Gino a little bit more than we do, not just based on stats, but based on who he is, the leadership factor, the value to the franchise as far as being a quarterback that could take them forward one to three years, depending on what they do with a rookie quarterback in in the draft, if they draft one. Um, if they don't draft one, his value goes up even more. So that'll be, that will be telling as well. But I'm thinking yeah, but 25 answer- is the top figure. <sighs> APY. Now they could get that down to 15 or 12 or whatever in the first year. I think I could live with that. I could live with a contract that gets the first year cap down to a number where we still can solve some problems on the roster um, and draft a quarterback and get out of get the out deal. of it after yes. one year yeah if they can or, get or out two. of if they can get out of the contract after one year then ayp doesn't matter and the only thing that what if, matters what if you is had the salary to, in your work. what if you could get out of the contract after one year but it it, it hit you like with a 18 million dollar dead cap figure or something like that would you still do the deal as long as the cap savings was more, I probably wouldn't. That's probably too much. Um, Cause that's probably what they would have to do. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I, that's, that's too much. 
um, because that's more than his value on the open market is in, in dead money in year two. So you're not gaining anything by going to a quarterback on the rookie deal if you've got $18 million of dead. It, it, well, you'd have, four, you'd have four years remaining on that rookie deal and Gino would be off the books after 2024. So I know, but I'm just saying in that year, you're not gaining anything. True, um, that's very true. And so you've got to structure a Gino, con, Gino Smith contract as um, one that you want him to be your bridge and you want to give him and his agent that talking point and make it look huge with a big number, but you want it structured in a way that you can get out of it after a year. You pay him not that much, and it doesn't kill you um, as far as dead cap room in year two. You do that by not pushing a lot of stuff into future years by giving a huge signing bonus and having it spread out. You guarantee his entire 2023 salary, every penny of it, up to $12 million. And um, you gave him a $6 million dude, dude, I just, signing bonus. And then you, and every year after that, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. So I think you're wrong. I, I just think that you're undervaluing this whole situation. There are so many people out there talking about $30 million as being his value. Over the cap has got him valued at $35 million. There's pundits those, out those there all over from. the place that are talking about Gino getting at least uh, where his starting negotiation is at the franchise tag at $32 million. I'm, I'm just, no, I'm just saying it. I'm not, I'm just the, uh, the communicator here. I'm not actually believing this, but there are so many out there saying this. Yeah. Where, where is that where information is that in, coming from? Exactly. Where is this inside information? And everybody's um, got the same set of numbers. Where ish, is this crazy, ish. this, this, this number, where is it coming from? Because guys aren't making it up. It's coming from his agent. Cause that's the way the industry works. The way the industry works is an agent comes to you and says, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're planning. Go ahead, publish that. Um, and you go, hmm, that seems like kind of shady. But I also know that that same agent is going to be able to give me something next month or you know, when we're getting close to free agency, that's going to be really nice for me. A really nice for you know for my ability so to if, publish if that. you if you had to put a confidence barometer on this in in a percentage how confident are you that it's going to be a 15 million dollar contract i think it's going to be 20 um uh, at 15 is pretty low 20 is really high 31 is four percent what would 3%. you do as a seahawk fan and a podcaster if the seahawks came in at four years 120 million dollars with six oh i'm flipping guaranteed I'm, I'm flipping a freaking desk because that is um, that is franchise suicide. That is saying we're going to try and win in 2023, and That's we exactly don't exactly what that and, says. And we don't care if we are a bottom feeder in the league for the three years after that. And this team has never been one that wants to be a bottom feeder. Because it would be a huge mistake. It would be, it would be an astronomical mistake. mistake for them to do this. I'm just saying that's where the chatter is out there on this thing. You could say it comes all from his agent and, and you're probably at least 90% correct. 
But there are other things and, and arguments that can be made. They're not strong arguments. I'm just saying that there are arguments out there that can be made that puts his valuation higher than what we're estimating. And, and if the Seahawks are in on that, it's doomsday for the, the immediate future of the franchise because you're going in on a, on a quarterback that's not going to get you any more wins. His already wins over expectation is already at two or three. He's not, that's not going to increase. It is likely to, to decrease if he plays like the back half of the, the, the year he just finished. And you haven't done anything to, to improve the roster in other key areas in, in fact, free agency. The in fact, will, you had the rest will be worse because you had, you to, cut had to cut people and not replace people, right? So yep. now you're depending on the draft, which is a, a horrible way to build a roster in its entirety because now you lack any veteran presence in, in, in you know, really well, key and, spots. And yeah, and if you miss on one draft pick, now you have this gaping hole um, on the field because these guys are right. playing. Right. Um, you know, you've or, got to or those... you doom your salary cap in future years. Yeah. So, so you, you have, yeah, you right. got to cut a whole bunch of guys and have the, the franchise bottom out for a year. And then no, the, you went through that. That was last year. So um, I asked you at the end of the last show, I said, okay, give me your philosophy on roster building and what makes the most sense for this franchise with this situation and into 2024, 2025. What, what did you tell me? So you, you've got to build this team. This team is young with the exception of like a couple of players and their quarterback. They're a really young team. You build this team in the same way that the bills built their team around Josh Allen. Um, and you, you go young, you operate with a cheap quarterback on their rookie deal and you use the advantages created yes. by that to stockpile talent and you get your roster in place where it is deep everywhere. Yeah. Going you out don't and make the same mistake you just got out of with Russell Wilson. Yeah. You just got out of a major contract that was handicapping your ability to build the roster. Now you're going to go into another situation like that with a mm -hmm. lesser quarterback that you know can't get you all the way there. Why would you then invest? a three-year deal with them at some astronomical number. It doesn't make any sense. And then it would, it would ruin you, you know, moving forward. And you're right. It would be a win now thing without the ability to win now. Yeah. You'd be missing too many other pieces. There is one other thing that I think needs to be said, and this actually has come out and you see the guys that are, um, that are writing with more sources on the team side than on the agent side. Uh, and they're talking about how quarterback friendly the system is and right. The system, the system did well with Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson moves on and looks terrible. And now the system is doing really well with Geno Smith, who has a career of terrible uh, in the past. How much of that is Geno and how much of that is the system? You look at, this is essentially the same system that they're running in uh, San Francisco where you know, they had it going with Trey Lance. He gets hurt. They bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't slow down. It goes, you know, keeps rolling. He gets hurt, goes down, and they bring in Mr. Irrelevant. And it's like nothing changed. And and right? this last playoff game was was a perfect illustration of what you're talking about when he faced Dak Prescott. And Dak looked like crap. They're paying him $40 million to look like crap. 
Brock Purdy comes in at $789,000 and, and steals the show and hasn't lost the game as a professional yet. So yeah, it's, it and, is interesting. And they did come out and say exactly what you just said, that, that, that yeah. they believe, and Pete Carroll came out and said this, they believe that the system is, is quarterback friendly, yeah. which was kind of a, it's true. a nice way to say, hey, Gino, we can do it with somebody else if we have to. It, the thing is, it's true. And Brock Purdy is a great uh, illustration. Of, hell, you know what? Baker Mayfield with the Rams this year was a great example of that. Because again, the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers all play an extremely similar um, system as far as offense. And Baker Mayfield comes in um, from, you know, being cut, being released, gets claimed off waivers by the Rams, comes in, and within a week is out there leading this team and looking better than he's looked at any other point in his career. So let's he doesn't even say, know the protection or anything. It's because the system makes him look good. Okay, let's say Gino signs for uh, twenty, or he's gone. Let's say he's gone. Okay, went out, signed a better deal somewhere else. Somebody paid him. Good for good Gino. For awesome. Uh, he, now where does the franchise your, go? Do you do you then? Do you look at Drew Locke as to be? I mean, obviously it's Drew or it's somebody else. There's a well, number of, of guys the out there on the market. Else. You say Drew Locke, he's got starting experience. Let's let him be our uh, bridge quarterback at two and a half million a year or whatever. And it's nothing. Um, and then you go draft a guy. And the expectation is that by the time year or the week one rolls around, the drafted guy is starting. Or or you, you get a, a more established bridge guy. So like for $10 million or something like that. Yeah. You know, Marcus Mariota, et cetera. Probably not yeah. Derek Carr type level, but mid, mid, mid level, mid tier borderline starter, you know? So Gino Smith, but Gino's obviously, I think outplayed his ability to be just a borderline starter backup. I think he's slightly elevated for, from that for half, for, for, for half a season. Half a, yeah. Half of one season. Yeah, I, I I actually think that not not that I completely buy into that because I saw the whole season up close and personal, but I'm saying that that's where the market is, and the, and I don't know. yeah, because you, you look at um, what if that was true? What you just said, why would Seattle pay him any more than three million, three and a half million dollars with three and a half million in incentive again? If you didn't have a market, he's obviously done something to 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 get a raise. Yes. A substantial raise. He has. He played He played phenomenally for the first half of the year. So I don't want to short him here. I mean, it sounds like we kind of, we think Gino's at the bottom of the barrel here, and he's not. He's not. Um, but the question is, he doesn't have a track record. He's a 32-year-old quarterback without a track record. And that's what makes this entire conversation so interesting. And you know who that um, that makes him? is um ryan fitzpatrick he's ryan he, he you have to think of him as ryan fitzpatrick he's an older quarterback who has flashes like not his flashes where it's like a game where I, I know a few plays but flashes where it's like a stretch of games where he looks just scary good and then regresses and it was ryan some of Fitz it it was Ryan Fitzpatrick who came out and said that Geno Smith won't get more than $20 million a year. 
That is true. It, I will <laughs> say this about Gino, and and we can kind of wind this thing up. Um, it wasn't all his his doing. The fall off. A team schemed against him. Didn't it get a lot of all, scheming it also back. Was it all his doing? The great play in the first half of the year. He was pretty good. He was, but he was also he also had would benefited from. Uh, perhaps the league's best running game in that same stretch. Right, but you have to also admit too that the running game fell off, and it not, it wasn't his fault, and it was probably more due to our interior offensive line, which was an issue all year. Yeah, that you know how to kind of contend with there. I think uh, no, I'm disagreeing with you that that the the problems in the second half of the season were not all on Gino, but the strengths in the first half of the season were not all on Gino either. Right. Um, He's not as good as he looked in the first half, and he's not as bad as he looked in the second half. I still think he's a, you know. Even with that second half fall off, he still finished top 10 statistically in four or five yeah. different categories. And overall, I'd say he's somewhere between 8 and 12. Um, so average that out and call him, you know, the 10th best quarterback uh, as far as his season. But he's 32. He's going to be 33 next year. He's had one good year. You're basing all of your value and what you're going to put on him on one season. Yeah. When he and was that's an where the mistake would lie. Right. That's, that's where you can't make that mistake as a franchise. And that's what, why Ryan Fitzpatrick came out and said he won't make more than 20 million because having been that guy who comes Are in they? for a few games and just lights up the scoreboard and looks great. Somebody signs him to a big contract and he regresses back to himself. And then he gets cut because the contract's too big and he goes and becomes a backup somewhere else and then ends up playing and lights up the scoreboard for, you know, five or six games again. That was his entire career. And Fitzpatrick knows what he's looking at because it's, he's looking in the mirror. What if Pete Carroll, who has a lot of influence on this franchise, as you know, 71 years old, be 72 this next year, contracted through 2025, has a a decent amount of influence on this roster building situation. Start of it was, you know, phase one was this last year. Gino Smith came through for him. He believed in him. He was one of the only ones that did. He's advocating for him now, wants him. Uh, it, it aligns with his timeline, which is we need, we'd like to win in the next couple of seasons. Gino might give us the best chance to do that rather than depend on a rookie to come in and do that. Um, does that all like elevate Gino's? position uh no. financially with the seahawks no not financially because again you're looking at there is one team and the only way the seahawks pay a lot is if they bid against themselves because they're and, not and they have done that well. before look at will disley's contract last year i mean i know it's a different position a different year etc but yeah and it's I happened think will, will disley's contract people are like oh it's a terrible contract and then you go look at league-wide where it's where it sits and also league-wide where he sits as far as talent and his ability to be a right tackle at times and get out and catch passes because he's an underrated undervalued player by in a lot of ways um and yeah that contract's still kind of bad but um it's not as bad as others that are out there um and not nearly as bad as a you know, $30 million Gino Smith contract would be, that would be, that would be catastrophic. Yeah. If Gino, if, uh, if Disley was a free agent this year and out on the market at, you know, nine point something million dollars, 
he'd he'd only be making less than Mike Gillespie and Dalton Schultz. Yeah. As far as and yeah. Yeah. Uh but you're looking at um you know guys like Kelsey and Kittle are gonna re-sign deals here soon. And true. those contracts are gonna be massive. That's and the true. CX, well, CX needed to get in with Disley before those contracts set the, reset the market. So we're fairly confident, Keith's fairly confident that the Seahawks are going to have either reasonable quote unquote contract for Gino and it's not going to injure the franchise enough to prohibit us from doing things in free agency and moving forward with the bridge scenario, drafting a quarterback in this draft. And that's, that's the way forward. I'm not as quite as confident that it's going to be a contract. We're all going to be able to say, yay, Seahawks got a great deal. I think it's going to be one of those where, wow, they really paid Gino. Um, now what? And I think I'm leaning more towards that as opposed to the the 15 range, which was your bottom range. And yeah. so I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that my franchise is going to make a mistake here. And so one of the I'm, things I don't know what to do about it. When I look at all this, uh, Pete Carroll wants to win. That's what you were saying. His timeline is in the next, he, he the next three years is what he's got, right? Till 2025. Um, he wants to win. He knows he can't win with the added defense. It's Pete freaking Carroll. He knows he can't win without a defense. He and had, he's got great experience at that too, because the last five or six years of the defense has been crap. Yeah. And it was it was worse last year than it's been like ever. And now you're gonna gut that same defense. Uh, in order to it needs to be rebuilt, it just does. In, well, in, in order to get on, in order to get under, under the salary cap, if you sign uh, Geno Smith, you've got to gut that defense. You've got um, two new safeties that are in there. You're yeah. not going to have yeah. Shelby Harris or Quentin Jefferson on the front line. You're um, not going to have Bruce or, Irvin or, or Puna Ford, possibly. Yeah, Puna Ford's not going to be there. You're not going to have Bruce Irvin in in uh, at linebacker. You're going to be going with, um, you know. You, you, the young guys have to click, um, in every position and you look at, okay, these are major contributors on this defense. They were not the problem. Like they were good players on a bad defense and now you're going to get rid of them and you're going to be left with mediocre players on a possibly historically bad defense. Pete Carroll knows you can't win that way. He's not going to let that things happen where um, his defense ends gutted and is one of the worst defenses of all time. It's not going to happen. Yes, until you take a look at the 2024 and 2025 cap, um, the salary caps for the, for the Seahawks. You know, we've got a lot of money in 2024, 2025, which makes me worry a little bit that instead of taking advantage of that, cap savings to further build the team under a rookie contract for a quarterback if they invest in Gino, lower the cap hit in 2023 so it doesn't look so bad and they can make some moves and push it out to 2024 2025 i'm still not going to be happy it's it's just not going to be great but even if they do that and they set it up in a way that's cap friendly um for the team you're still looking at 18 to 20 million uh in the first year if your AYP is going to be, you know, 32. And if you do that, you're going to have to gut the defense. 
in order to right so i'm a little worried actually have our i'm I'm still a little worried though that they will go down that road and try to make it work financially and pull strings and and restructure and all that stuff push money out in order to do this i'm just just a little worried that they that they will go down that road i think it would be a mistake just a little schneider schneider's too smart to do that and pete carroll knows that you can't gut the defense and expect to win anything and he wants to win and you don't win by having you know a historically bad defense you win by having a great defense and not turning the football over that's pete carroll football all right okay you say those words they sound great to me when's the last time that actually happened it's been a while but a lot of the reason why it didn't happen was because they the seahawks as a franchise had to go away from that in order to pay russell wilson what he wanted yes sir right there they, they traded Russell Wilson to get out of that. Um, yes, they did. Mess. And now here we are with this they're, situation with a, they're not with a quarterback go- that is not even on the same level. I know Russ struggled this last year, but come on. You know, we couldn't do it with Russ at his, at his premier. Geno you know? Smith at his best is nowhere close to Russell Wilson at his best. Yes. And, um, and hopefully yes, they understand that. Yeah, look at what Russell did the last couple of weeks after they filed fired Hackett. All of a sudden, he was a good quarterback again. In fact, he screwed Seattle over by winning in week um, uh, week eighteen by putting up um, thirty one points and getting a win that we didn't want him to get. The interesting thing about this is this still has to be the first domino to fall. The interesting thing about timing wise is the. Um, the franchise tag stuff happens the first week of March, um, right after the combine. Usually at the combine, you you and I both know this. Executives are there; they get together, they talk behind closed doors, and they they will establish probably establish value for Geno Smith at at the combine, um, because agents will talk, owners will talk, executives will talk, and that it, they will know kind of where they stand and where this thing's going to go. Yeah. And so after that, I would expect a deal fairly quickly or it's, or they're going to let him test free agency. That's like, that's where I think this is thing. This thing's going to go. If he goes out in free agency and tests the market, uh, hopefully he, he gives the Seahawks the the ability to match if not, Mm -hmm. and he finds something else that's, that's more lucrative. So be it. Um, Well, I, I think that if you're, if you're Geno Smith, and your career was dead until Pete Carroll gave you a chance that no one thought you deserved. That, and you've talked about loyalty and all of that, that you would, if another team offered you a contract, you'd go to the Seahawks and say, hey, this is the offer. Can you match that? And give the Seahawks the ability to do that before they sign with someone else. And I think that you're, the Seahawks don't need to rush this no and they can go ahead and let this play out and the, how the bet- do they go through free agency if gino's going to go test the market and it takes them two weeks how do they approach it you, because it really hamstrings them waiting for gino they don't wait for gino go ahead and approach free agency the way you would and if it gets to the point where he's like, okay, I was asking for too much. I want to come down to this. And you're like, 
well, you know what? You took too long. We don't have that. So what if we restructure this deal and do it in this other way so we can actually get you under the salary cap? You d- you have to just be like, you have to, Dude, you, you have you to missed your window. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to tell them, listen, this thing's going to move fast. We don't have time. You're going to have to mm-hmm. make a decision or you're not going to be back. And, and what will tell what, what the big tell if they get to that point, right? Free agency has started and um, Gino's not signed. He's out testing the market and the CX go spend money on a guy like Duran Payne, defensive tackle. Um, it's going to take a bunch to sign him. And if they could do that, what they're saying is we don't have that much cap space and we're not spending it on you. And they're telling Gino that he's going to make nothing or he's going to go somewhere else. And honestly, if he goes anywhere else, he's probably a backup again. He doesn't want that. Cool. Well, good, lively conversation. We had our differences. I think we were aligned on most of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you and I, I know that you're, you're playing one side and I'm playing the other. I think, both of us are a little more in the middle in terms of our actual, like um, where we think this is going to go. But yeah. I like, I like Geno Smith. He had a fantastic year and I'm not trying to like, like, Same. you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, but it, when it comes to off season roster building and cap management, I'm it's not a spending different, money. It's on a him. different ball game. What we're talking about here is is different than appreciating somebody on the field. This is a business side of football. At the offseason, mm-hmm. what we're talking about now is a business, and it's not so cut and dry. It's not so loyal in the NFL. Everyone obviously knows that, but sometimes you need to be reminded of that, yeah. that it is a business. It does come down to dollars and cents. It does come down to philosophy on how you build your roster. And, and the health of your franchise long-term, not just for this year. And Gino may not fit into that window, and we all need to kind of come to terms with that. He may very well fit into that. We just don't know exactly how that'll play out. I'm open to, to both sides currently, right now, almost equally to, to me. I would like to see them go in a certain direction, which is building through the draft, building up that defensive line, uh, reallocating funds into the trenches if they're going to do something with the safeties take that money and, and build this thing inside out. Gino may not be a part of that. You know, I think either Drew Locke or another quarterback um, could, could get us a bridge or maybe we do start the rookie right away. I don't know. I mean, we are a playoff team, but we obviously aren't a good playoff team. And I think we're a ways away in a number of different areas mm-hmm. that we need to be able to address in the, in the free agency and the draft. I think it comes down to you have to look at the, the, the gap between Seattle and San Francisco right now. And that's Seattle with Geno Smith and San Francisco with their third string quarterback. And San Francisco was significantly better in yes. all three games that, that they played. They played all against three games. They play, they had one against Geno Smith, one against Jimmy Garoppolo and one against Brock Purdy. And San Francisco was the significantly better team in all three games. And I think you have to look at that and go, if Gino, yes. Gino is, is, is keeping us holding steady, it's not enough. We've got to get, we've got to get better. Um, and I think that ultimately that's, that's the thing because Pete Carroll wants to win with defense. Running that is the, the barometer. Yep. It's defense. It's running the football. 
and it's not turning the ball over. And you don't do that by paying a quarterback $30 million. They figured that out with Russ. They traded him. They reset. They got all those rookies. Now they just gonna, they, they've got all these draft picks. They need to continue to make that uh, push and continue to build this team the right way. And I think they will. Find Keith on Twitter, at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawk's Playbook. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and hit that subscribe button and um, we'll have some good shows up and upcoming. Um, just talking about players. We got the senior bowl coming up at the end of the month. Uh, practices start soon. We'll be talking about all of that as well as the combine in early February, mid February. And um, yeah, fun time of the year. So this, this conversation is not over. Uh, we will be talking about this. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, oh, everybody's going to be weeks. talking about this. This is this is the this is the question that dominates Seattle's offseason right now. Just like last year, the, the the question, the topic was trading Russell Wilson. What are you going to get for him? All of that, like that was the topic last year. Um, now it's what do they do with Gino? Because he outperformed everyone's expectations. Yeah, nuts, fun. All right, let's get out of here. See you later, Keith. Take care, guys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.